Fluent NYC presents the Be Fluent podcast, hosted by Marcia and Zena. This is episode 23 of the Be Fluent podcast. I'm your host, Masha. And I'm Sinan, and we are back again, timely even. It's like not, it's, it's like just a day late, I think. This is, this is a personal best. Um, but so yeah, we have, a, we have a fun one this week. Or as, as usual, we always, I think we always do. But uh, yeah, this is, this is, it's timely in a lot of ways too. Um, with the NBA Finals having just started, we chose, of course, basketball as our theme, and um, you know, as New Yorkers, I think that's a personally that kind of very important for for the city, the, the whole sport. Uh, but I, I talk about that in the interview, so no spoilers, I guess. Um, Mash, what do you think? What do we? Uh, what do you have to say to our listeners about that? Ba- you have, do you have any experiences with basketball as a New Yorker in your life? Are you a fan? I am. I mean. Um you know, I'm a big fan of the Knicks. Um, I feel like that's the only team we have in New York. There's another team that's in Brooklyn called the Brooklyn Nets, but they're originally from New Jersey, I think, right? They used to be the New Jersey Nets? Yeah, I think I think we can call them the New Jersey Nets. Um, unless they want to move to, like, Seattle, perhaps. I think Seattle really needs a basketball team. Um, I mean, there are so many cities across this country, uh, <laughs> regions that don't have teams. Yeah, but I mean, you have um, two baseball teams, two hockey teams, yeah, but even, two it, it football teams. It was never teams. necessary, but like they've they've all been around for long enough that um, they have their own fan base and history and stuff. With basketball, the Knicks are such a huge kind of part, a staple of the city. <clears throat> it, it seems so unnecessary to have another basketball <laughs> team. Plus, we have like college basketball teams. We have the the women the New York Liberty you know we have if, if you really want to support another basketball team that's not the Knicks there are so many other options already you know I don't I don't there's no there's nobody else to support exactly the Knicks we only need the Knicks um, but anyway let's dig into vocabulary so I guess first of all I should probably mention um, our upcoming interview is with a friend of mine his name is Matt or Matthew William Carter, uh, he is Canadian, so you're gonna hear a Canadian accent, I guess. I mean, is it a strong one, Marja? You know Canadians better than I, I suppose. I mean, um, he he says some some words like kind of in the Canadian way, but you know, Canada's so big, so it's just it's like saying he has an American accent. He, I guess, he's from Toronto. Is that where he's from? Yeah. So yeah, he's he's definitely got that um, Eastern Canadian accent. It's the, like probably a milder one. Right? Very mild, yeah, like a boat, like a boat. that. Yeah, there's a little bit of. A, so one thing that Oot. we always sort of make fun of as Americans about Canadian English is they say instead of about they say a boat, and then like they always, they often end a sentence with a. So it's like we went. Away for the weekend, eh? I don't know. That's not, that's not very good. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway. So, yeah, that's no good. I, I, and I have, I have no personal problems with Canadians. In fact, Matt is a good friend of mine. So well, Canadians are fun. really, Canadians are just really nice. Always yes. really nice. I lived in Canada, and I found, 
when I went to university, I found that Canadians are just always just really nice people. And they're so polite. Very like, that polite. was one thing, uh, one thing about Matt generally, is we always talk a lot about very heated things. I mean, typically we agree, so I guess it's, it, it hasn't created any problem, but um, he's always so nice, and I always feel like I'm getting all heated up. You know, we'll talk about politics or you know basketball or the Knicks, and I'm getting all heated up and, and um, worked up, and, and he's always so calm and so, like, level-headed and, like, unbiased. You know? and, and I'll be like, oh, my God, like, like especially basketball, as a, as a fan, you really take things personally. So, oh my God, I hate this guy so much. I can't believe he just did that. And then he'll sort of do the objective, like, well, technically, I guess if you follow the rules, it was a, it was a foul. And I'm like, no, I don't want to hear that. Like, I hate him. Um, so, uh, he, he's very like level-headed. But you'll you'll hear him. You'll get to know him in the next episode. Uh, what we are going to be doing this episode is vocabulary. Um, now, I guess, first of all, on a, on a side note, we should mention <clears throat> we're finally expanding the vocab list. We, we've been trying to keep it to 10, but we always have one or two extra. And so I think we're, we're just going for 15 this time. And we're going to make it a 15 from here on out. Um, but we'll still try to keep the episode sort of short. Um, but yeah, I guess without further ado, let's dig in. All right, so... Our first word is artistic endeavor. Ooh, an endeavor. You want to take this one? I've been talking a lot. I'll do the next one. Okay. Uh, an endeavor is something that you set out to do. Um, uh, it's a difficult endeavor, you know, which means kind it's of a goal. task. Sort of, I mean, simply it's a task, but usually more of kind of an adventure, um, something more complex. So an artistic endeavor is like... Um, something you set out to accomplish. Uh, but so in this case, we're, we were talking about how the two of us have a few endeavors in that we uh, make music together and we also write together. We have a we, we, we have a few projects going, kind of journalism, writing. Uh, but so yeah, we have a lot of endeavors. Do you want to give like an example sentence, Mark? Do you have any endeavors? What's your like main endeavor for 2021 for Be Fluent? Uh, for be fluent. Yeah, why not? Plug the company a little. <laughs> I guess. Um, well, I think post COVID, just <laughs> to survive, but yeah, to create kind of new, new um, endeavors, right? Like uh, maybe some be fluent tours, or finally get transcripts for these uh, podcasts. podcasts and vocabulary lists. I thought I, I thought I was giving you a softball. I thought you were just gonna say you're you're moving into a space soon. So I thought you were gonna be able to advertise that. But anyway, yeah. So anyone if anyone wants to take classes uh, in New York City, that that's gonna be option an option again. We're moving back to in person since the pandemic is partially uh, partially partially. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're way off topic. Next word number number two. Number two is to knock on wood. Aha! You got this one. This is something that Americans often do. I think in Europe they do that too. Um, but like when you say something that you want to do or that you're going to do, right? Um, like for example, you want to happen, but you don't want to jinx it, right? I have a job interview. I hope I do well. And then when we say I hope I do well, we usually 
knock on wood. And you say, I hope I do well, knock on wood. And then you'll knock on wood, typically. Um, and and it's, it's a way of, like, not jinxing, right? You don't want to jinx yourself. You don't want to... Uh, well, jinx, what is jinx? You, jinx means to be unlucky, or... It's a weird concept. It's, it's like to... Um, when you jinx yourself, oh man, we're going way off topic here. It's like people. It's it's kind of a um, superstition, but it's like you. Um, if you say like, I definitely got the job, but you still don't know, you yeah. might jinx yourself. You might make yourself unlucky. Yeah, it's kind of a cultural thing, I guess. But yeah, you typically you don't want to say something good is going to happen before it happens uh, because, as we say, you're going to jinx it. You're going to you're going to. Um, Make your luck go bad or something. But that's enough on that. Next word. Okay, so the next word is um, in third person. In third person. Um, so, uh, in this case, I was like trying to figure out if in the interview I should say Matt is a nice person or if I should say you are a nice person because I was talking to him. Um, so first person is I, second person is you. And third person is sort of he, she, or it. Um, but so, um, <clears throat> if I was saying Matt is a nice person, I was talking about him in the third person. Whereas if I say, you are a nice person, Matt, I'm talking about him in the second person. Right? Yeah. Do you have like an example sentence for third person? I think that's that's pretty good. All right, let's go to number four. Okay. Um, public enemy number one. Public enemy number one. I'm doing all the words apparently this time. Um, <laughs> public enemy number one is basically like a person that everyone dislikes the most at a certain time. So like obviously like for example, to go heavy on you for a moment. After 9-11, right, Osama bin Laden was public enemy number one. Um, but to go more lighthearted and back to basketball, in this conversation we were talking about Trey Young who is a member of the Atlanta Hawks, and they beat the Nets in the playoffs. The and Knicks, so, right? Yeah, sorry, yeah, they beat the Knicks in the playoffs. And so in New York, Trey Young was at public enemy number one, right? You know, at least Everybody hated him. Yeah, they probably still do, actually. He's still in the public enemy number one, I think. Um, but so there, I think that's an example sentence and everything. Next up, number five, the national pastime. What do you have to say about that? I th- that's like... Um Something that many people in a country all do in their free time. Their favorite hobby. I mean, it, it, so like it, watching TV is, of course, a national pastime. That means that like well, everybody no, but, loves it. But honestly, it's almost like shorthand for baseball in the United States. When you talk about the national pastime, you're talking about baseball. Baseball is the national pastime. It's it's kind of a it's a very common sort of almost idiomatic expression, but of course that literally that is what you're right. That isn't what a national pastime is. But so I think every country has their own probably version of that. But um, in this case, it's specifically about baseball. All right. Um, I guess for listeners, what's your country's national pastime? Yeah, there you go. You gotta. You could uh, send us your answers <laughs> over Twitter or something. Uh, what's next, Marshall? Number six. I'll let you take one by yourself. Take, take a couple. What? Okay. Um, at, uh, 
the number six is epicenter for immigration. Toronto, I believe. So what, what yeah, epicenter is like the center. You know, when you think about a circle, it's like the center of it. Um, Can you give another example? Is there another epicenter for immigration other than Toronto? New York. There you go. Or perhaps Los Angeles. I mean, most major cities are kind of epicenters for immigrants or immigration. We heard the word epicenter during COVID a lot. Like New York was the epicenter or the epicenter moved. London was the, for a while. So, epicenter for immigration... Initially, it was China, obviously, and then it was in Italy, so... Is, um... It just means it's, like, the place where people immigrate, move to. And I think he was talking about specifically in Canada, that Toronto is sort of the epicenter for immigration, as New York probably is in the United States. Um, okay, so the next word, number seven, is deep run. A deep run, and that's, that's sports again, that's basketball, and that's usually talking about the playoffs. And so a team that has a deep run is a team that does very well and goes deep, as we say, into the playoffs, which is like past the first, maybe past the second round, into the semifinals maybe. So if a team has a deep run, it usually means they had a really good season. Number eight. Um, Okay, so number eight is cathartic moment. Cathartic moment. And so cathartic is something cathartic um, helps you relax and kind of get rid of your negative emotions. So for a lot of people, running is cathartic. So when you run, you kind of let go of negative emotions. Crying. But it's also po- it's very positive, right? A cathartic is a very positive, exuberant, very happy, um, like you're gaining some sort of like fulfillment, right? I guess it's happy, but it's like you become happy because you were sad, and then you do this activity that makes you happy. Yeah, but it, and there's like sort of fulfillment attached. Like certainly in the context of sports, you know, when it, when your team wins the championship, you have a very cathartic feeling, a moment. Um, you know, especially for a team that has never won before or that hasn't won in a long time. So in the case of Toronto, the, uh, he was talking about their first championship, so it was very cathartic. Or for the whole city, I think everyone was celebrating together. It's kind of like an emotional release. Yeah. Um, Number nine, lost in the shuffle. I'll give you another one. Lost in the shuffle. Well, to shuffle, like when you know when you play cards, you have to shuffle the cards, mix them. So... If you're lost in the shuffle, that means you're kind of lost in this motion and movement. Lost in the mix. Lost in the mix. I feel like a lot of people, when they come to New York, they they feel kind of lost in the shuffle. Like there's so many people and they have to keep moving around. Yeah, kind of lost in confusion in a big group. Um, I think he was talking about this season, a lot of teams, a lot of players got lost. Teams of players because of all the injuries, and the season was shorter and more condensed. So, yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> let's move on to number ten. And remember, we're going out of fifteen, so this is not the last one. Uh, the last two holdouts. A holdout. Uh, and so, a holdout is someone who sort of survives till the end. Um, so, for example, like. Uh, I'm trying to. Um, a good example is in New York. You often have um, 
like developers come in and they want to buy a block of buildings so they can knock them all down to build a huge tall building. Uh, but since some owners of buildings will keep their buildings to, to get the highest price or because they're really stubborn they don't really want to sell. And so you'd say those guys are holdouts. They're not selling their property. Uh, in this case, he talked about um, the last two teams to survive this season were the last two holdouts because it's a long, like I just said, lots of injuries, difficult season. No. Um, all right, so number 11 is he's got a couple of a couple more years. He's got a couple more years. That means that that person can do their job well for a few more years. Yeah, but so. usually that means they're kind of getting old too. Yeah, but, yeah, right. they're probably on that kind of... Towards the end. Uh, in this case, we were talking about Chris Paul, who's a Phoenix son. Um, he's 36. So, like, historically, he's probably already too old to keep playing, but he's still playing very well, so we were saying he has a couple more years. Yeah, and this could be for sports players, it could be for... Perhaps someone had a job, right? Yeah. Um, Alright, so the next one, number 12, is I'm with you. And that means, like, I agree with you. Or I support you. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, I'm with you. I agree, I agree. I, yeah. he- I hear what you're saying. Um, number 13, this one's for you, I guess, Stonewall the whole team. Uh, yeah, we were talking about Brooke Lopez. It was a Milwaukee Buck, the other team in the finals. Um, and he stonewalled the whole team. A stonewall is, of course, a sturdy wall that's not easy to break down. And so this is talking about defense. Um, to stonewall a team means to stop them from scoring. So in this case, Brooke Lopez stonewalled um, the whole, in this case, Atlanta Hawks team. Next up, number 14, we're almost there. All right, I mean, uh, this one is to hold or put a gun to uh, someone's head. So yeah. in, this, in this case, gun to your head, who do you have for the finals? What does that mean? Um, it's kind of like y- you have to answer. Like imagine you, someone has a gun literally pointing at your head, so. You don't have it, you can't go you quick, slowly. Can't say no. You gotta kind of quickly like, go, 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 give me an answer. Gun to your head. Who do you think yeah, is going to win the championship? So kind of, we force you to do it. What's another example of a question? Gun to your head question. Um, like, for example, a lot of times people say, like, you don't have to go to dinner with us if you don't want to. No one is holding a gun to your head. Sure. No one is forcing you. See, that's funny. I was thinking more uh, in the context of, like, when we're going to order out and you're having difficulty choosing. And I'd say, quick, 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 pick, pick a restaurant. Gun to your head, what do you want? You know, uh, Chinese food, Japanese food, or, you know, Thai, you know, or whatever options you had in mind that night. Uh, good, last one. This is a basketball one, so it's mine. Uh, supporting cast. Number 15. Um, so supporting cast, it's, it's actually, it, it comes from acting, right? Um, so you have the star actor and actress, perhaps, you know, the main characters in the story, and the supporting cast are the people in the background, you know, perhaps the parents of the, of the main character, or the people at their work, or, you know, kind of characters that have role to play, but are not the main actor. That's the supporting cast. 
and in basketball it's similar, right? You have star players, and usually uh, the better teams in the NBA have two, maybe three star players. Then the rest of the team are considered the supporting cast. Uh, it's the guys who are not doing most of the scoring, or you know, but who have important roles to play, helping the the stars win the game, right? So that's it, supporting cast. All right. Well, those are your words. There you have it. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for next week. Uh, we're gonna come back at you with the NBA themed interview. We're gonna talk about basketball, uh, what it is for us personally, you know, culturally here uh, in New York and in Canada for him, and then uh, we're gonna talk about the, the finals a little bit and give our predictions. We're a little late now because now it's already started. Quickly, Masha, what do you think? Your prediction: Who's gonna win, the Phoenix Suns or the Milwaukee Bucks? I'm going to say the Bucks. And how many games it will take them. Now, it's worth mentioning, Phoenix has already won game one. Oh. Though it was in Phoenix. Is, um, is Giannis out? No, he's healthy. And he played well in game one. So how many games will it be? It, it, at minimum, it'll be five games if, they can, if, if Milwaukee wins the next four. But realistically, how many games do you think Phoenix will win? Phoenix or, or the Bucks? Well, the Bucks have to win four if they're going to win the championship. Uh, so how many games do you think Phoenix will win before they get there? They've already won one. Well, I think that the next game the Bucks are going to win. And then, I don't know, probably I'm betting that the Bucks are going to just keep winning. So they'll win the next four? Maybe. So you think the Bucks in five? I don't know. So they, they played one game, and they have to, if they were going to win the series, they have to win four. So they have to win the next four, and so that would mean they won games. I think two, they're gonna three, win four, two, and, and then take a break. They'll lose, then win again. So it'll be two, two. So maybe four, two. So you think the Bucks in six? Yeah. So when you say the Bucks in six or the Suns, see, I said the Bucks in seven in the interview, and I think Matt said the same. Seven is the most amount of games they can play. Um, which would mean they would go into the last game tied 3-3, three to three, and that would be the decisive final game. Which means we think it will be a very good, even, close series. But anyway, stay tuned for the finals. Watch those. We hope you enjoy. Uh, and of course, be back for our fun interview with Matt Carter from Toronto uh, soon. Any final words, Mark? Uh, enjoy. Don't forget to study the words. Yeah. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you liked this episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.